0: Here. We're going to be in Acts chapter number one, verse number eight, is where we're going to actually spend almost all of the lesson. Acts chapter one, verse number eight. So we kind of kicked off Missions Emphasis on Thursday. What a wonderful service we had. Seeing a young man from our church preaching, getting ordained. All right, it's really quiet in here. I hope you're all awake. This is is not like a bombastic lesson, message type of thing, so stay with me, okay? It's very important, though. All right. Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, the Bible says, But ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. We'll read verse 9 just for kicks. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. So these are the last words that he spoke, and they were part of the Great Commission. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time, and we pray that you'd use your word to help us, challenge us, And remember what you have told us to do. We ask this now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I've got the title of the lesson is Five Forgotten Words in Missions. Five Forgotten Words in Missions. And they're all in this verse, and you're going to start going through here, I know, trying to think, okay, which one, which of these that are, are forgotten because I know all these. This is a very familiar verse. So, you—I you, don't know, Brother Olson. Let me ask you this though: uh, How many of God's words are important? <laughs> exactly, exactly what I have down. All of them, right? And how many should we forget? None of them. Now we know we know that, but somehow there are five key words that I've looked at in here that. Maybe they're not quite forgotten, but they are in the sense that they are neglected. So in that, in that case, we could say in it, they're basically forgotten. And, heart, and missions is the heartbeat of God, and because it is, we shouldn't f- forget or neglect any of his words, especially when it's concerning one of the most important topics uh, that are on his heart, and that's missions. So I want to consider these five overlooked words in our text. They're all right here in verse number 8. And the first one is actually the second word in the verse. Very small word. Ye. This verse is considered part of the Great Commission. It's not merely a charge to his disciples, but to each of God's churches. The word ye, most of you have figured it out and already know this, is the plural word for you. In the King James, one of the things that makes, just one of the very many things that makes the King James an, uh, an excellent translation of God's word is that uh, it differentiates between you singular and you plural. You singular is the, you plural is "ye." And so when God is saying, but ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and the, in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. The ye, he was saying, was not, he's not talking to one person. He was talking to all of them collectively. And so that ye is spoken It's not a charge just to the disciples, it's to all of us. God wants every believer in this church to be involved with evangelizing the lost. Is that true? That's what the scriptures are teaching. So how are you, how are you as an individual fulfilling that? Because it's every one of us are supposed to be doing that. What did you do this past week? And we've had a lot of hours this past week. What did each of us do to try to evangelize the lost? So when we put it on a a corporate level, we can say, oh, yeah, we've got the bus routes. We've got people in harvesters. We've got the people in the nursing home. We've got all these ministries going on. And that's good. And corporately, we can say we're doing okay. But what about us as individuals? Did we pass out a gospel tract? Did we talk to someone personally? Did we, how much did we pray for missionaries? What did we do? How many of the ministries did we pray for? How, how much did we as individuals do? Because that's what God is saying. Ye. So he wants every believer. It's not just this verse isn't just for bus captains, Sunday school teachers, junior church teachers, pastors and missionaries. And as we will see here as we break open the verse a little bit more, it refers to reaching the whole world, not just our area. So if you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, he wants you to be involved in reaching not just our community, but the whole world. So the question is, how involved are you? Have you forgotten or neglected that first word in the Great Commission and Missions? And that is ye. Don't forget it. We need to get involved. And if you're not involved, an easy way, a basic way to start getting involved is passing out tracts. Pass out a gospel tract and tell somebody uh, about the Lord. You can give your testimony. We'll, we'll, We'll mention that here in a little bit, too. But you can do something. We can all do something. We can begin to really start praying for the ministries of our church. I'm not involved in the nursing home ministries, but I can pray for them. I'm not involved in some of the other ministries, but I can pray for those other ministries. And it doesn't mean we can't get involved in some other ministries. God may have us to do that. We were challenged about that. Some of the needs recently when we had our big Saturday meeting. Uh, So, ye... Ye, simple, small word, but often overlooked, neglected, or maybe even forgotten in the sense that forgotten to apply to our lives. That's the first of the five. You say, wow, you're going to go through these really quickly. Don't worry, some of these points get longer. Don't don't worry, you know me. Secondly, another word, and you say, oh, no, that's not forgotten. I know that word. Power, power, that's the second word that's often forgotten in mission work. And let me apply this, and, and you'll understand why I say it's a, a neglected word. The work of missions is not for those who are cut out for it. The work of evangelizing the air, the lost around our own area is not just for those who've got an outgoing personality. It's for the introvert also. It's for everybody to find somebody to try to influence with the gospel. So it's not just a matter of being cut out for it or, don't oh, look at that person's just, you know. After reading my book about our time in Africa, I, I, I kind of chuckled. I was surprised, and then I thought about it. I was like, okay, that makes sense. Uh, someone came up to me and said, you know, I will, he, with, a, with a smile on his face, he said, I will never look at you and your wife again. The same, after reading this book, I'm like, "What do you mean by that?" He and he was like, "I just he he I guess it boiled down to this: that he couldn't imagine uh, the Dave and Lisa Olson that he knows here involved in doing the things that the Dave Olson and Lisa Olson in the book were involved in. It just didn't match to him, and in other words, I I think what. How I can take it and apply it this way, uh, I'm not trying to talk about myself, I just say this, that missionaries are just ordinary people. That's all they are. We're not doing anything spectacular or anything, uh, you know, super, super, super wonderful, except for are just doing, trying to do what God wants them to do. Uh, if anything good happens, it's because, it's not because of them, it's because God enables them to do it, Right? And so the same way with your bus route. If your bus route is successful, your nursing home, or whatever your ministry is, if things are going well, it's because God stepped in and did something. So my point here is to say, don't ever say, oh, I can't be a missionary, or I can't share the gospel uh, to people around here. Because God always gives power to do his will. And we're not supposed to look within to accomplish these things. It's not a matter of like, oh, I'm cut out for this, I'm fit for this, I can do this. You know, People say, man, you got this. No, you don't have this. This is a big job. It's something that God enables us to do when, when, we, when we get out and do his will. So he always gives his power to accomplish his will. If we look within... We'll be frustrated. We'll accomplish little. What we need to do is look up, because that's where we'll get our power. In Acts chapter four, verse thirty-one, it talks about God's power. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. So, where did they get this power? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. They prayed, and then they were filled with the Holy Ghost, and then they spake the word of God with boldness. That's how it works. It's not anyone's a super Christian. Uh, there's, there's no special, you know, all of a sudden you've got this, you know, like as, as sometimes I say, the, the magical uh, missionary dust sprinkled on you that all of a sudden, ooh, okay, and then you get to the mission field. Now you've got all this special. No. Anybody whether here or in Asia or South America, uh, Africa, wherever you go, God's power through his Holy Spirit can enable you to do a work for him. He wants to work through us. We don't actually do the work. He works in hearts, but he does the work through us. So when you go out to witness, don't forget this word, power. When you go out on the bus route, don't forget this word. You need God's power. Not, oh, I've done this for years. This is like, I just get up, I know what to do, I know where I'm going, I know the stops to make, I know, you know I've, I've got this. Whatever it is, junior church, oh, I've I, I, I preached this before and I, I just get up there and do this, I know what I'm doing here. We always have to go back and seek God's help and seek God's power and lean upon him. So have you forgotten his power? Have you forgotten that? Or are you just, you give out tracts the way you give them out. You minister in nursing homes the way you do it. You, I, I'm not belittling the fact that we should be involved with ministry. I'm just saying, are you leaning on God for it? Or are you just kind of, you know you're know going through the moat, You know how to do it. We need God's help, and we need his power. And when we do have his power, what did Paul say? I can do all things, Right? So there could be some people out here even would say, I could never be a missionary. Why couldn't you? With God's help and God's power. Paul said, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me and that he counted me faithful, putting me in the ministry. Paul did mission work. Who enabled him? God did. It wasn't that he was the great apostle Paul. Who made an apostle? Who gave him power? Who gave him the ability and the opportunities to do the things that he was doing? God did. He said, well, I'm too old. Well, you know what? God's calling and using people in their 50s to, to go out in the mission field. The Armacosts are on deputation right now. <laughs> They're in a church right now in Ohio at a missions conference. Um, Brother Gary Zdarsky, he'll be speaking for us tonight. He's in his 50s. Going to the mission field. God called him. So can God do that? Yeah, she said, but I'm too old to learn a language. Well, they're going to have to. <laughs> or you can go to a, a country that speaks English. <laughs> but all I'm saying is let's not limit God. Let's not limit what he can do and what he wants to do. He's God. And he likes to show himself powerful through us who are weak. Sometimes we have opportunities to do something and it's way over our head. I could never teach that class. I could never lead that bus. I just, there's no way. In a sense, you're right. You can't. But you can when God gives you that power. And here in context, we're talking, um, the verse is talking about witnessing and sharing the gospel and reaching the lost world. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. He says, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. So that first missing, forgotten, neglected, overlooked word, ye. The second one is power. God wants you and I to be involved. And he wants us to not lean upon ourselves, but to lean upon him and really have his power. Do you have his power in your ministry and as you're trying to even evangelize your home and your children, whatever it is. Thirdly, the third forgotten word would be witnesses. You say, no, no, I go witnessing. Okay, well, do you? Witnesses. Sometimes we, fo- uh, we tend to focus on uh, commands such as Mark 16, 15, go ye into all the world and do what? Preach the gospel to every creature. Is that a command? Yes. Am I supposed to preach the gospel? Yes, the gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. So if you, you know, you're talking about how Jesus died for the, for, for the sinner, don't, don't leave him in the grave, right? Get him out of the grave. He rose and he's up in heaven right now uh, wanting to save people. And so he had power over sin, over our sin, power over death. Resurrected, and he can give us new life also. And that's part of what we're supposed to do, but that's not the only part. We often again stress the importance of preaching the gospel, but it kind of leaves out a very um, vital facet of sharing the gospel with others, and that's the personal touch. Everything can't be stale and mechanical knock on the door hello if you died today do you know for sure you're going to heaven or hell here jesus died for you he rose again you can go to heaven amen it, 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 there needs to be the, a human element who's the one doing sharing the gospel hopefully a saved person has he done anything for you i hope so And you should be able to share that. and We need to be able to share that. So it's it's important to preach the gospel. But we're also supposed to be a witness. Now what is a witness? A witness is someone who's seen something. He can provide some evidence. He has a first hand knowledge of some fact. And he can testify about it. So what has God done for you? What have you seen God do in your life? What's the first hand account that you have? Yes, proclaim the gospel, but also tell other people what God has done in your life. It's called sharing your testimony, weaving the gospel and your testimony together. You know, you can, you can say something, you know, hey, you know, you find out what kind of church to go to. You know what? I used, I used to... If you used to be Catholic and they're Catholics, I used to be Catholic too. You know, and I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, I always had questions about this. And then they're probably having the same questions. They never had any answers. And you see, and then I found out what the Bible said. And now you've got their interest peaked. It's not a huge, long drawn out part, but you share little bits here and there. You're, you're telling what people what God has done for you. Have you seen him do anything in your life? Has he given you peace? Has he removed that guilt? Has he given you victory over sin? Has he answered your prayers? Has he helped you through difficult times? People out there are looking for someone and something to relate to. That's the thing about social media. They're all wanting to relate to somebody or something and someone's experience. And if you can paint your experience so good on social media, which a lot of that is just a farce, <laughs> but people want that and they want, you know, the smile that you have in front of the camera. And as soon as you walk away from the camera, you're down in the press, right? That's the way a lot of these people are. But they put on this big facade. Whoa, look at this. And But people want to identify with this human element. I want what they have. And and if we can show how good our God is and be excited about who he is, then they uh, it'll help them because people can identify with other people who have faced the same struggles and hardships and doubts and fears. And so that means sometimes we're, we open up a little bit. I'm not saying you, you have to, you know, bear your heart to some total stranger all the time, but we're We're talking and trying to identify with them and help them through. So just be real and tell people how God has helped you, how he has changed you. We're we're not going out, if it's door to door, through harvesters or whatever you're canvassing, we're not going out trying to to get into debates about religion and study up to to shoot down this argument and that argument. Sometimes we have to obviously... Have an answer for people's uh, false doctrine, sure, but it's more than that. We're trying to help people through. It, it, there's a lot of power in the testimony. I've I've um, I've learned that uh, when I've when I've gone out, that being able to share my my testimony with whether it be Jehovah's Witness, um, some other uh, type of like a Mormon, I remember being out in Mormon land in, in, in Utah, Salt Lake City, getting a little tour through one of their little places. And uh, we got talking about the gospel. And then I was able to start sharing my testimony. And they, you can't argue with what God has done in someone's life. And so that, there's great power in that. Even recently, uh, talking to a Muslim, shared my testimony and tried to pique the interest a little bit there. Also, you know, giving a gospel track and trying to tell about how Jesus can, uh, can help them. So don't forget when you're out in your ministries, uh, it doesn't mean you have to prepare like a five or 10 minute testimony. <laughs> your, your life's testimony and you're going to get to the door. Hey, just so you know, I'm going to tell you all about me. It, it doesn't necessarily work that way. You're, you're, you're weaving bits and pieces here with the gospel. As you go along and you're just trying to identify. So don't forget this word this is part of the Great Commission is that we're supposed to be witnesses. Have you forgotten that? Have you neglected that? Have you overlooked that part in your gospel presentation? Because this is a very powerful element of this. We need to be able to share What God has done and what he's done for us then he can actually do for others too. Can he not? Yes, he can. All right, here's another important word that we don't want to forget. So we've given you three of them already. But the next one is both. Let me read the verse again. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea. And in Sumerian, unto the uttermost part of the earth. Now you say both. And you say that doesn't jive with how we use the English language today. Both means like two. Two of them. Him and her. Right? Sometimes that's how we look at it and use that word today. But it, it's, the word actually it means also. So when you look at it in the context of it being, meaning also means, so we're supposed to be witnesses. Yes. Where? In Jerusalem, also, so to speak, in all Judea, also, in addition to that, in Samaria, and also in uh, unto the uttermost part of the earth. So, also, n- not one to the exclusion of another. Now, everyone likes their desserts differently. You go to a birthday party... You might like cake. Another one might just want the ice cream. But some of us, we want it all, right? And they'd say, do you want cake or ice cream or both? Obviously, both. I want both. I don't want just one to the exclusion of the other. I want both. Uh, If you tell your child to sweep and mop the floor, Right, and they've done a tremendous job of sweeping the floor. I mean, you can't find anything uh, as far as pieces of dirt, grains of sand, no crumbs, nothing. It's all swept up. They did a fantastic job, but they didn't mop you know, and earlier you had uh you know watermelon in there, and so now the floor where every time you step on that part of the floor it's like sticky, right? no dirt there, but there's Sticky stuff. They didn't mop the floor. Did they obey? No. Because the command was to do both. Sweep and mop the floor. Just like bus captains tell their workers. Sweep and mop the bus. And sometimes they might just try to scoop by with sweeping, and sometimes they even forget about the sweeping. Uh, And the child can say, but mom, I I swept it really, really, really well. Maybe, but you were supposed to mop it too. Both. So if we obey part of God's command and exclude the other part, have we obeyed? No. So he said, I want you to be witnesses both in these areas. Hmm. So where are these areas that he wants us to witness? He's given us four areas and he expects us as a church to do our best to reach all of those areas. It's a tall task as we're going to see here. And if we do really well at one of those and neglect the others and don't do such a hot job on the others... We haven't truly, fully obeyed as he would like us to. So, uh, let's look at these areas. So, with a little bit of time we have left. We do have time. Look at this. All right, the first area is Jerusalem. You say, do we have to move to Jerusalem? <laughs> no. Uh, the idea here is that's where the disciples were. That's where they were when he told them this. That's where they were. And so we can apply it to us. This is where we are. We are in Chesterton. This is uh, the home of Fairhaven Baptist Church. And it happens to be the home of many people who are here. We often a lot of us live in Chesterton. So our responsible, our church is then responsible if we apply the scripture here, is to reach Chesterton. We are supposed to evangelize Chesterton just like the church there was supposed to evangelize Jerusalem. Make sense? Uh, I'm not trying to stretch this. I'm just trying to apply how how it works for them and how it works for us. And you say, well, great. We have a bus route to Chesterton. We're reaching Chesterton. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that that bus route reaches all the people in the town of Chesterton? One ministry reaching all the town of Chesterton? I don't think so. But we can check it out and say, we got it covered. What else could we do? To reach the town of Chesterton. I'm just throwing some, I'm just throwing a little challenge out here. Sweep and mop the floor. We got it swept. Have you mopped it? Ooh, okay, let's keep going. It gets better. <laughs> Judea. All right, so they were supposed to go to Judea. Ju- Jerusalem was in the region of Judea. So for the disciples, God wanted them to reach the souls. In those surrounding towns, not just Jerusalem, but those towns in that region of Judea that was surrounding Judea. And our church has opportunities and efforts to reach those. We do that through canvassing, and we do have bus routes to surrounding towns. And praise the Lord for that. That is great, that is wonderful but are we reaching everybody in those towns as we should? Just like the little bus route in Chesterton. A few workers on it. It's probably not going to reach the entire town of Chesterton. So, here's another question. Just throwing questions out for you for us to think. Do those towns... Like the towns in Judea, do the towns surrounding us? Do they need good churches? Let's consider one town, for example. Let's consider Laporte. Um, what could what could reach Laporte better? Okay, a bus 30 minutes away bringing people to a church 30 minutes away or a good church started in the town of Laporte. Which do you think could reach better? Maybe a church started in in Laporte? I am not negating the fact that that we have a route that goes to Laporte. I think it's great. And we've seen many people saved. there are people, members of our church today, because we've had a bus route. But could Fairhaven Baptist Church help send someone, start a church in La Porte? Having a local church that is actually local can be a very big help to a community. Right? I'm just trying to get to Acts 1-8 Christianity. Not taking away... We are doing it. Can we do it better? That's the question. Can we do more? I think so. I think so. So when the early church went out to different areas, souls were saved... And churches were started in those communities. And if that is a pattern in the New Testament, it would be helpful if we really worked at that. Just throwing that out there. Just throwing that out there. Let's go to the next one. Samaria. Samaria was the region just beyond Judea. And these would represent souls in distant towns and even States that are further away from us, those distant towns, other parts of, you know, two, three hours away from, from us in, in Indiana, across the border into Illinois, if you really want to go there, <laughs> uh, Ohio. There are places that need good independent Baptist churches, even in America, where we have a lot of churches there are many areas that still don't have good, solid, sound churches. Some people have to drive. And we have people <laughs> in here that drive about an hour, maybe an hour away to get here to church because their area doesn't have the churches that they believe are what they should be. And so the question is in Romans 10:14: is how shall they hear without a preacher? How are those people going to hear without a preacher? And then the next area he talks about is the uttermost. This refers to the regions beyond that, beyond Judea, beyond Samaria, those far distant regions. And I'm going to elaborate that on the next point because it's actually our fifth forgotten word in our text. So number five is the word uttermost. And I've got a few minutes to talk about this one. We must go... To the uttermost. This is what we typically consider foreign missions. The uttermost part refers to the farthest place, to the ends of the earth. John 3 16. For God so loved, what is it? The world, not just America. He loves the world and He wants us to go to the world. There are people in remote villages in South America in the jungles of Amazon, how about in Africa, that have never heard a clear presentation of the gospel. I remember being in a distant village in Zambia one time, and some little children ran away from me. Apparently, I was the first white man they had ever seen. (laughs) And they saw me, and I was tall. And I didn't look like them. And they took one look, and (laughs) they were out of there. You know, there are people who haven't heard the gospel in our world still. We can't be satisfied with reaching only areas that are convenient to us. To the uttermost, to the ends of the earth. Think of the Amazon. I just think of humidity and bugs. You know, people think of Africa. You think, well, snakes. Well, you know, the Africans don't like snakes either. So and the snake bites are kind of uncommon. They happen, but they're not common. Thankfully, we escaped them when we were in Africa. God told us, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. He said in uh, Matthew 28, verse 19, Go ye, therefore, and teach all nations, all the world, all nations. Let's go back. What did Jesus say? Both also, reach your Jerusalem, reach your Judea, reach your Samaria. And I'm not saying we're not doing that. I'm saying we're, we, we, we have made attempts. We could make more attempts, but we have made some attempts. And then the uttermost. We don't have many of our people going to the uttermost. We could send some more, but we need some more people to be interested it's kind of why we have a, a mission's emphasis to, again, emphasize, this is what we're supposed to be doing. Parents raising their kids, not calling them, but showing them the need, the importance, praying and not, uh, that maybe they would go. John Wesley said this, untold millions are still untold. Oswald J. Smith, he made this comment. We talk of the second coming. Half of the world has never heard of the first. David, uh, Robert Moffat, who said to David Livingston, Robert Moffat was a missionary in the area in South Africa, said that David Livingston, his son-in-law, he said, do not sit down in lazy contentment. Do not choose an old station, talking an old mission station. He said, push on to the vast unoccupied district of the north. In that direction, on a clear morning, I have seen the smoke of a thousand villages. There, no missionary has ever been. There, sir, is your field. Robert Moffat wasn't wanting to keep his daughter around. Keep David and his, 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 his daughter close by so he can visit the grandkids. He said... Way out there, where there is nobody, that's your field. Go there. God has commanded us to go where people have not heard. Is it available in America? Gospel's very available here. What about the Muslim world? What about the Arctic? What about the Amazon jungles? What about Africa? Didn't Jesus die for those people? Oswald J. Smith also said this. He said, why should anyone hear the gospel twice before everyone has heard it once? It's available here, but many people in other countries have never heard it. It's exciting to be able to take it to people who have never heard the clear gospel. uh, It is easier to get missionaries to travel to countries that have modern conveniences. Because you don't have to give up as much. But who is going to go to those third world countries and tell people there? If God has commanded his people to go to the ends of the earth, shouldn't we do that? Because missions is about people. I recall walking down a dirt road in the town of Monze. I came across a man named Amon. Found out that he was a baker. I gave him a gospel tract. We talked for just a bit and I invited him to church. He, he he had to get moving, but I invited him to church. He came, enjoyed it. That next Saturday, some of the men of our church went and visited him and led him to the Lord. He came back to church, started coming faithful. His wife came. His teenage son came. His wife and teenage son both got saved. Um, not long after that, though, Amon came down with tuberculosis, started treatment. He was traveling up in another part of the country to visit some family. He came down with cerebral malaria. I remember uh, getting a phone call. He was far, far away, and, and uh, someone said, Pastor uh, Amon is calling out your name. He, he's, he's very, very sick. He just keeps calling out your name. He was kind of in and out, but when he was coming coming to, and then shortly after that, he passed away. But it was very touching that He, he wanted to talk to someone who would help him learn the Bible. He's in heaven right now, Amen. Where would Amen be if we had not gone to the uttermost? How many people like him are in need of Christ, walking down the dirt road somewhere, open, receptive, needy, on borrowed time, wouldn't it be great if we have more people go where the need is great? And the devil wants to do everything he can to get us to forget these words. And God wants us to remember there's a need and he has power. Who will go to the uttermost? Let's bow our heads. Consider five forgotten words. Ye.